So me and Luke seen Spider Man yesterday, right? Jack, right? Oh, and you'll appreciate this, I'm right? Listening, Great movie. Great <laughs> film, as you can hear in our review, currently on iTunes, Spotify, and all other good podcasting platforms, right? Mm-hmm. Fantastic movie. But mm-hmm. there was this fucking cow to the right hand side of me, right? And it wasn't even like she was texting on her phone, right? I forgot, actually forgot to say this to look after it because I got, like, there's so many things that maybe I just got excited about so I was happy, right? I'm absolutely so confused left, as to what you said when I was she there. She left her phone face up on the rest next to her and left it on. <laughs> so the notification just kept flashing up. She's not even looking at it. I was like, what is the point in this? This is worse than texting. That like, is... this is genuinely, like, the most inappropriate thing to ever do in a cinema. It's the height of ignorance, Uh-oh. really. Oh, I can't. Eat. I couldn't actually fathom like what she was doing. Is that what you were shaking with rage at next to me? I just thought you were having a nah. Fun. I was like fuming. I wanted to say something, but it's one of those ones I didn't want the story to be. <coughs> this week, Luke saying our oh, truck got in a scrap at the cinema, and that was like what was in my head. <laughs> oh, seriously, man! If I'd been on my own, that woman's phone would have been lodged down the front before she could have even said "fucking far from home." It'd have been far away from her. Oh, Jesus! Oh. How's the week been, boys? I've got, I've got a thing to say about yesterday as well. Right. So see, right? I'll, I'll always as much as. If I can, I'll see any Marvel film on midnight release. It's just a thing, right? Because right? you're a fucking but... gimp. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm a huge fucking gimp. <laughs> the first shot's fired in the episode. Oh, I've just started sweating, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, but um, um, without fail, every single time I see a Marvel film on release or day one, you get the pure gimps, the pure Marvel fan base. So behind us, every Mar- Marvel jokes are a pure hit and miss. And see when they miss, so fuck me, they yeah. miss, right? They're so, they fall flat like fuck. <laughs> and see, there's like two lassies behind us that were pissing themselves at every joke, right? And there's like a love interest part. And you know what I hate? Like, just in general, see when there's like a love bit or like a cute bit, whatever, they hear them behind them going, Oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> I didn't hear them. Oh, fuck I didn't up. hear them. Like, because I was too distracted, probably because I was laughing at, like, the wee minor shit. Oh, because you're looking at a bastard. Like, I got the phone, and it was wee minor jokes. There was thinking. a joke that wasn't even a joke, and Chuff started absolutely howling, and it was at the point where he, he starts belly laughing, <laughs> and he turns his head away from the screen. I'm like, ah, that's it's, it's, it was just me. It was someone's <laughs> mum didn't show up for them at the airport, and I thought that was just so funny. And like such a great wee detail. It was just incredible. Uh, another news, another big news: Jack Higgins is now a professional footballer. Sorry, I was Woo! taking a wee sip of my juice. There. I didn't have time. <laughs> Jack Higgins is <laughs> Jack Higgins is a professional footballer. Made one appearance, uh, a famous appearance against Hamilton there, and a friendly. Um, I should probably give people some context, but he's not, nah. even, de- he's not even deserve it. I'm a famous footballer. I think it would be cooler if you just say, I played for Falkirk against I, Hamilton. I came on, on against, uh, what's his name, Sean Wants. Uh, <laughs> what, Sean Wants, but he can't have? Aye. Aye. Punched in this podcast, by the way. Yeah. Oh, I realised that the audience that listened to this... And then the, the Marvel games. Well, I'm not going to give a fuck about this. So. <laughs> no, it's great. No, no. To be fair, see when in ten years' time, when the podcast has reached new heights, we've all got our own show. We've made about three <laughs> films each. We'll remember this moment where you were nearly a football. <laughs> <Aye, laughs> exactly. We'll play this back in the tenth anniversary of Jack Higgins Haggis Talk or something like that. You know what I mean? We'll just like what? play this. That'd be your show. That'd be a great. Haggis show. Talk. 
Ah, you just review. Aww. He's just reviewed different brands of hats. What? Fuck me, what? It's like, I don't know. Imagine we launched a Dragon's Den except for Haggis's and everyone just brought the Haggis's in to be judged. And it's like, anyway, anyway this week we watched No Country for Old Men. Right. <laughs> no Country for Old Men. Uh, um, no Country for Old Men is this week. And uh, I'm just going to take the nails on this. Oh, oh, <laughs> you filmed two shows in a spreadsheet and he thinks he's just taking over. The wee introduction, but <laughs> on you go, you've got Wikipedia. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no country for old men. It was directed by the Coen brothers, um, and uh, I thought it was the biggest pile of shit. Well, I've got more to say. <laughs> 2007, <laughs> neo western crime thriller based on a novel. It made a hundred and seventy-one million point six dollars. Uh, 25, 25 the million. Oh, the, yeah, there we go. That's fine. That's all, That's all we just need to get out, you know. Um, um, I picked this one this week because Truff wanted a film from each mm-hmm. member of the film they've not seen but they would like to see. And a, a pure way, I didn't look at it and research it, but I thought everyone talks about No Country for Old Men. And see, when you watch like people like critics' uh, top 10 lists or mm-hmm. like best films of the 2000s and all that, No Country for Old Men is always up there. And I was like, I need to always get around to watch that. And, um, yeah, more to say later on. Well, <laughs> I wanted to go to the uh, First Time Films Facebook page, which you can also find on Facebook. I don't know why I clarified that. Um, but the response for No Country for Old Men was actually pretty positive, which I was surprised because, like, put the cards on the table, I'm the only one of the three of us who actually enjoyed this movie. Um, I called jack like 20 minutes into when he was watching it and he's just like mate i paused it like just to get some food and i don't know what the fuck is going on <laughs> it was his, yeah. was his response um but most like the majority of people were positive on the film and facebook and what i wanted to go into first with this movie um was the coen brothers because i feel that if you know their style and you've seen more of their films, that'll just be better for you to get into this movie. So I'll ask both of you, have any of you seen a Coen Brothers film before this? Well, I mean, I'll let Jack... No, you go in first, because I, I don't even know any of these films, really. So, apart from well, the ones I'll... that you've mentioned earlier, tough, but I hadn't seen them, so... Yeah, I'll have a look in the, their, um, like, what they've done uh, so far. So they did Fargo, The Big Lebowski... True Grit, Inside Blue State, Blue and Davis, and one of their more recent ones was The Ballad of Buster Scrubs that went up in Netflix last year. Um, so, oh, I remember this. But the 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 only film I've seen out that was um, uh, The Big Lebowski, which is a good mm-hmm. film, right? But see, because it's got this, it's got this cult following mm-hmm. now. Uh, the Big Lebowski, like there's, it's it's like mentally cult followed, mm-hmm. um, and I watched it yeah and if any people from glasgow know but there's a there's two bars called lebowski's and obviously they just mainly sell white russians but they have the big lebowski played on repeat in the bar yeah constant right that like it's mentally me but i went and watched it and i thought it was good <laughs> it wasn't good. like pure blue like i just thought it was all right i love white russians so i can understand <laughs> where the guy's coming from <laughs> so so do i um, but the story I, of me uh, and napa <laughs> yes, oh, I love it. That's for another podcast. That's for first time Napa. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, that's the only film I've seen for them, apart from uh, No Country for Old Men. I well, I enjoy No Country for Old Men. I'm not going to lie to you both. Like, see, the first time I watched it, I turned it off after half an hour because I thought it was the biggest pile of shit I've ever watched in my life. I watched it again 
like three or four months ago and absolutely really, really loved it. And part of the reason I really liked it um, was for Javier Bardem's performance as Anton Chigurh, which, if you didn't know, made our top 10 villains list, which we're going to be discussing in the second half of this show. Um, I actually think he's amazing, but did the two of you have the same reaction to him as I did? Because I'll explain more of why I liked him in a minute, but I just wanted to get your thoughts on him specifically. Yeah, I mean, if anything, he was the best part of the movie for me, but it just wasn't really gripping my attention at all. Like, you know, that way I was... I was excited mm. when he was on the screen and there was something going on, but apart from that, I really didn't care about it. Um, yeah, I a hundred percent. Like, honestly, trying my very best to listen to like what they were saying and like take note, but I was honestly just so done, done with it. Like after the first, as you said, after like, the first twenty minutes stuff, I was mm-hmm. contemplating taking it off because I had started watching it, but I was starving. So as I said, I went and made food. I paused it <laughs> and like. That whole twenty minutes of the film was erased from my mind, like from just uh, making my dinner and coming back and just being like, yeah. "Nah, that's just I don't know." I just hated hated the the style of it. It was just too slow. The pacing for me is just far too slow. I did, right. like, as I said, I did like when, um, I did like when he was on the screen. But I don't even know the character names. Or I don't even know their names apart from Lou Ellen. That was it's, it. Could, it was so difficult um... to, to get invested in for me. <laughs> See the the actual film itself, right? I remember when the time that this came out was it two thousand and two thousand and seven, right? So this was just before the Dark Knight, mm-hmm. and I, I remember, I remember, I wasn't watching the Oscars, but I remember when this was getting a lot of traction, and it got best director, best screenplay. What was the other uh, one? So it got best picture, best director, best supporting actor, and best screenplay. All right, so. It's weird because see the again uh, same with Jack. I didn't know any of their names until I had to actually mm-hmm. Google them, like because they don't really mention it. But um, they talk about how this the the what you call Anto- the villain, Anto- what's his Anto- name again? He was um, a Vietnam War veteran or something, and that's why he's so like blank when he speaks, and he's so yeah. like villainous. Essentially, that nothing really phases him. But I remember it always him getting classed under the same umbrella as the Joker. Mm-hmm. Is like the best villain. I think of the that I 2000s. think that for me was was coming down to dialogue. Like I think he is just such a um, unique looking guy that yeah, I, I, naturally 100%. naturally looks quite villainous. So like I don't mm-hmm. know, it worked right. Yeah. But I think that a lot of the credit to be fair, given to the dialogue for me, like um, just some of the things he was saying just weren't what normal people would say. So you knew he was a psychopath. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, mm. I know that sounds. But the thing is, as well, like it got it got best screenplay, but I, I get I get what you mean. Like he played it, he played it like a man like, who was every time to he spoke, he wasn't he was like, insane. Right. If that made sense, like he was like acting like he wasn't right. insane. Um, mm-hmm. But I, mean, t- I think it was more that you know the scene where he was in the uh, like the gas station with the yeah uh, the coin toss uh, scene. The gas attendant the with the coin. I thought that was just really nicely. The pacing of that for me worked, uh, mm-hmm. and I like the dialogue for it. Well, that's one of the things I wanted to bring up about his character is uh, the dialogue, and I think it helps explain it, because for me, I wouldn't compare him to the Joker. I'd no. compare him more to a Michael Myers character, and that, but while Michael Myers just is a force of nature and just does things, he sees himself in that role. You know what I mean? He sees himself as the Michael Myers who just does what he wants, this hurricane. It's that, it's, uh, it's, it's that kind of indestructible feel to yeah, him. Like he's, he's, you always see him like... Yeah, well, Mike Myers' case, you always see him like get like, in, get, in, like get injured or something, but he's always comes, he always comes back. Do you know what I mean? 
and that was the same with Anton Sugar. We've seen him wounded in this movie, definitely, uh, but he never, he never manages to kill him. What I like about him is he's connected <laughs> into the idea of like chance and fate. Like he's like, um, it's the coin been traveling twenty two years. He says that quite a lot. Like I got here the same way the coin did. You know, what I mean, I like the idea of this man who just views people as bags of flesh and shit. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, and to him, every individual life comes down to meaning of a coin toss and that's the importance he places on it you know what i mean yeah so that's why i like him because he is an interesting force of nature in that way um look was there one scene involving uh anton sugar that you particularly liked or was there one that you didn't like with him or to be honest see the the opening scene mm-hmm. uh with him choking the guy out with his handcuffs it's um i thought that was more brutal than like most films play it off as, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and he, he can tell, like, he's not, he, I think in that scene, you can also tell that he's not a super, like, hero. He's got, like, he's, he's clearly struggling to kill this guy, but when he's done, he's done. It just seems like he doesn't care. And there's a lot of scenes like that. I think this very smart the way they've wrote him and the way how, like, the fucking tank thing he carries about with him. Yeah, tank like, thing. <laughs> It actually tells me it tells me here the exact model of it. One sec, I found it earlier. It's a captive bolt pistol. And if you wanted to hear some fun facts about the captive bolt pistol, I will tell you. It is a device used for stunning animals prior to slaughtering them. What? Yep. The goal of captive bolt stunning is to inflict a forceful strike in the forehead with the bolt in order to induce unconsciousness. However, the bolt may or may not destroy part of the brain, so that's why it will kill a human if it does shoot you oh, in no, the wait, head. Oh, no, does, does he not have a suppressed shotgun? Does that know what the, the gun he carries? Aye, no, he eventually has a suppressed shotgun, but... The thing at the very start where he just shoots the guy like, with the trigger, is that what you're talking about? Aye, that's the captive aye, bolt pistol. Aye, aye, it's got, it's got, it's got, but it's got a tube on it. And it's got a big tank in it. It looks like um, right. looks like an auction. No, no auction. It does look like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm a photo of it. You know what I mean? But it is it is the captive bolt pistol. Aye. That's what it is. Aye. But then uh, he does have a suppressed. I'm pretty sure he had a suppressed shotgun. No, am I being stupid? <laughs> I think he does. <laughs> not think it. The gunfight he does because he has to to shoot the car. I'm pretty sure. Oh, when he breaks into the yeah. when he breaks into um, the motel the first time round and he kills all the people he kills it he's got a shotgun like by his yeah. uh, he, and it's got he a big he's got a big suppressed thing on top of it that's why right. Llewellyn mm. can't hear him initially until definitely until the other guy starts shooting so he's got a suppressed shotgun yeah. after he has this captive bolt pistol captive which I'm bolt sh- pistol yeah. exactly which is a very important thing. say it one more time for us. A, say it one more time it's a captive bolt pistol excellent so, yeah, I just want to get into like Anton Chigurh. I just want to say we'll talk about him a bit more on that top 10 list in the second half. I think he's absolutely superb. I'm going to try and run through a bit of the plot for you because both of you said you're really confused, right? And I haven't been three times watching this movie. I think I figured it out, right? Anton Chigurh breaks out of jail, right? Don't know what he's arrested for, and then he has the interaction with the guy at the gas station, mm-hmm. right? This guy, Thanos. <laughs> Thanos, yep. whose name yep. apparently is Loon Moss, who legit told us there, randomly finds this money after a drug deal gone wrong, tells his mm-hmm. wife to get out of town so he can hide the money, All right, mm-hmm. tries to get to a, a motel to get that done. He's hired to be tracked down by Anton Chigurh, who I believe is hired by the FBI, I think. All right. Meanwhile, there's a, the guy from Men in Black, 
is the detective who's trying to investigate the drug deal gone oh, wrong. No, I totally right, don't. Track down, <laughs> um, track down um, Thanos before Silver from Skyfall can. All right, so they've got like three <laughs> people, like three people just like running in a wee circle here. Right, he's trying to run away. This guy's chasing them to kill him and take the money, and then the sheriff's investigating it. Right. The we sheriff who, who's narrating it, can I just clear this up as well? I didn't know, see the guy's voice at the start. I actually didn't yeah. even know who that was. I'm like, when does this character even appear? He's meant yeah. to be a sheriff, so like, was it the sheriff or was it? He's I in, think it was that. Sound the same. I, was like, I think it was either. It was probably either. Tony no, Michael no, or his I, uncle at the end. Right, right, okay. But also, as well as you missed out Woody Harrelson. Well, well, well we're, right, we're back, we're back there because the Mexicans, then they have the wee scene at the motel. The Mexicans go looking for them. Anton Sugar kills the Mexicans and he just gets away, right? He finds them at another hotel. Woody Harrelson's then hired by the FBI to track them down as well. Anton Sugar ends up killing him. The granny of his wife from Trainspotting then gives away his location, which means he gets killed by the Mexicans. Shigura gets the money. By this point, Shigura given him the option that he was going to kill his wife if he didn't hand the money over. So he goes and kills the wife. He then gets run over, and the sheriff retires. <laughs> Have I got it all rounded up? Right, I, you've hit the main points here, but like the main Jack could have told you all this, but it doesn't mean that there's a story yeah. there. Like, the, well, this is what the story. So, let, let, let's say this is the story. This is, I'm going to tell you what I right. got. There's a psychopath hanging about. Yep. There's another guy who stole some money during a drug mm-hmm. deal. He's like, ah, class, I'm going to get this money. And then the psychopath then gets involved in killing the guy with the money. And then they all die. Yeah. Jack, did you get the same? No. Nah, you have a different take? Somewhere in between there. <laughs> somewhere in between <laughs> the actual description <laughs> of it and then looks description of it. Yeah. Here's what <laughs> I think, right? And I think you're completely I right think what I out. what it lacked though, like sorry, what it lacked for me was like why any of that was happening. I knew kinda of what was happening. It just it never ever seemed like it fit though. I was just like it, wait, they're I, all just going in circles. Like, like why is why is anyone really got yeah. a motive here? Like I don't know why they're psychopath as a psychopath. That's what I like about it though, yeah. is that it plays into the theme of the story for me and I think the theme of the story is fate and chance. You know what I mean? These are events and things that are happening that right, don't yeah. directly lead into causality within each other, but they're still happening in the same space and time. And these characters and their interactions and stuff like that are just caused by a sequence of events that may or may not happen. He didn't need to find that money the night the exact thing happened with a drug deal. He didn't need to break out of jail so he could be hired to track him down. Right. He didn't need to take that job and then and then get killed. The sheriff didn't need to investigate this. The sheriff could have walked into the room and got killed by Anton Chigurh. The Mexicans wouldn't have found the guy if the granny didn't reveal the location. You know what I mean? There's so many coincidences of fate and chance in this. <laughs> and the fact that he has his coin, that's what I like about it because it's trying to say something about, I think, the uncontrollable nature of events in the world. Am I just talking shite or do you get no, what I'm talking about? Oh, oh, no, no. <laughs> see, see, actually, Trump, see when you said this, I know, let's just say but like, see, uh, I wouldn't have known that until you said that because now I'm thinking that film is class. <laughs> that, <laughs> mate, that's exactly what I'm talking about because like I nah, said, I don't right? think it's, I don't, I, I wouldn't go that far. No, no, <laughs> I was kind of, it's still, it's it's still no, a lot of shite. It's, no um, <laughs> it's no first time film, pardon the pun, right? Because the first time I watched it too, I also thought it was pish. But see, when you, 
marinate on it a wee bit. And I marinate promise you, <laughs> I promise when you go back, see when you go Get back to it, I promise when you go back to it and you know sort of what's happening, you have a better grip in the story, your second watch will be ten times better than your first watch. I promise you that. Right. And I can't, I, I do agree with you, right? But I'm going to also, no, I don't agree with you, that's why I'm jumping in. Um, uh, see if Annie, right, say No Country for Old Men's out in cinema, right? And me and you go yeah. and see it. And then you go, hmm, I think I need to watch that again to understand what's happening. I'm not watching a film twice to understand what's happening right. in it. Or three uh, times. I get what you're meaning. I get what you mean in the basis of like we, we've got the ability to do that. We can watch uh, no country for old men. You're not going to go to cinema hundreds of times to go see it just to understand it. You Billy. Uh, if I didn't understand it, I you'd walk it probably. Uh, going, I didn't understand that. That was quite shy. <laughs> uh, and then you wouldn't go like that. Why? <laughs> you wouldn't go. You know what? I didn't understand that. I'm going to pay another <laughs> nine quid to go see that. Do you know what though? Um, because you're not. You're just but not do you know what? I'll prefer. I'll, I agree with you're coming from. In a sense, right? <coughs> I would prefer a film like this that leaves it up to me to put the pieces together rather than a film that treats me like an idiot. You know what I mean? I don't want a film that's just going to monologue to me and explain every little thing that's going on and explain every little motivation. I, I, I get you. Yeah, I get you. I, get you. I, 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 but my, I'm just saying that it's not the first time I've heard about a film or a TV series where, like, if I've not liked it or I've not been keen on it, somebody goes, no, you need to watch it again. Uh, yeah, like, I get why that'd be annoying. Yeah, it's, yeah, that it is, it is. And there's too many films and too many TV series like that, which I can't wait me, to play for. Like, oh, Jesus, oh, <laughs> they're going to get that discussion oh, again. See, to be honest, I, I, I quite like Blade Runner the first time round, though. Uh, but yeah. I feel like I would enjoy it a second time round. Like I'm actually uh, uh, looking forward to do it and watch and, it again. And uh, 2049 as well. Like I've com- I think that came out of the cinema like just what, the year I watched it. Yeah, uh, the first one. So I was like, oh, <laughs> I definitely need to get on that, and I never watched it. So, definitely. wait, hold on. Are you talking about you? You walked to the cinema feeling like you were in twenty? No, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. What's the name of the movie? Oh, <laughs> I was like, I, you walked to it. It was twenty forty nine. That that is your movie. That is a movie right there. I heard the story. It was that like, I'm just going to go off on a tangent for just a wee minute, right? But humour me. So Mags. Mag Steel, uh, former manager of the Rudy and Bray Head, shout out to Max. She came in to um, TGI's the other day and she was telling me it was her last shift, right? Uh, and she got a phone call at like quarter past three to say there was an intruder alarm, right? And it turns out there was a guy who they hadn't checked properly and he'd fallen asleep in one of the screenings and uh, <laughs> so had to like, let himself out at quarter past three in the morning because he'd been sleeping in one of the screens. Which should be just been locked in. Hi. <laughs> How funny is that? Trust me, I actually have a feeling you find that too funny that you probably just do it your your spare time. Like you pretend <laughs> no, you're sleeping no, you're so Jack. checks you. Then you just watch one of the movies. No, I mean, I'm gonna go a step further back. I'm gonna go a step further back and he got that joke simply because I said that you walked out and you thought it was twenty four nine and he's thinking, Imagine being in a cinema Mate, and you no, slept you, so it was, long it was twenty four. No, I know it's a true story. I know it's a true story, I'm just no, I know, I know it's a true story, but you've got that because you're saying... You're calling me a liar. this man. Right, anyway. <laughs> anyway, back to the top Aye. 10 villains. <laughs> We're going to go into the <laughs> other... Hold on, I need to just die a wee second. Aye, uh, just to let you all know, Jack's very sick today, so um, pray for Jack at home. Uh, one like, one prayer uh, on this post. <laughs> just a hay fever, man, I'm just... 
just allergic oh, yeah. to the plants. Why are they betraying me, man? I'm, I'm pure. I know. The plants the are, are <laughs> Captain Planet. Captain Planet is basically like, <laughs> coming to his own weakness. It's like my fucking, yeah, it's my kryptonite, mate. It's my, it's the actual fucking earth. It's like poison ivy if the plants didn't like it. <laughs> like, just try to talk to them and they're just, like, hating our back. That'd be amazing. Anyway, the other performances anyway. in the movie I wanted to talk about, um, I wanted to go into one specifically because it ruins the movie for me. It's like Cameron Diaz and Gangs of New York. So there's one, like, really bad performance. And Do I you have a story like, there when you said her name? Cameron D. Cameron D. Cameron D. Cameron D. It's Kelly McDonald as uh, Carla Jean Moss, who's the wife of Lone Moss. <laughs> By the way, right, Kelly McDonald, great in train spot, right? At a young age. Good is the voice of the mother in Brave. Good in Boardwalk Empire, right? But Hara, how many times does her accent slip in oh, and out it's here? Hard. Uh, it's, it's poor. For a movie that's, uh, for a movie that's had amazing yeah. acclaim in that, like, I, I can't even begin to believe yeah. that they've let that slide like that that's how, so much how frustrating would that be on set if you're watching her do that every day man and i'm and sorry and, like... and i don't i mean she's probably potentially somebody that we could get on here i don't even care i'm just gonna slag fuck her <laughs> uh, <laughs> because I thought, it was, I thought it was terrible uh to be honest to watch it was awkward to watch because i know she's scottish so you can hear a scottish twang you're like oh mm. it's horrid it's actually it's so poor and and what I'm saying is, that I think for me, it's it's shocking to see it because um, mm-hmm. the movies had such brilliant acclaim and won massive, um, won Academy Awards and stuff, obviously. And this performance just completely nearly ruins it yeah, for me. Look, from, were you, yeah. were you, were yeah, you as unforgiven as we are? Oh, no, 100%. <laughs> but I never, it's not the Scottish, it's not the Scottish, it's not the Scottish part I was, I was thinking of. It's like the mayor, like, don't get me wrong, you heard it, but I think... <laughs> I think, see, for us watching it, and you know who she is, I think, in, in a weird subconscious way, we kind of hear out for mm. it, in, in a weird way. So that's why when it does happen, you're like, <laughs> yes! Yes! Scott! Right? Looks been nice so far. But, like, the point of... <laughs> she might accept an interview point, for uh, him. <laughs> but uh, she's, like... <laughs> but the other accent that she actually does... Yeah. It's so oh. like it's so such a it's heavy fish. But I'm sorry, my accent there. Did I was you trying to say it was like a race car. Luke McLaughlin will start in cars four anyway. <laughs> I, so she, she was shy. Right, let's just move She's on. Cool. Ciao. So, Kelly McDonald, if you're listening. <laughs> Get out of here. So, what is. Yeah, we were asking come on. Don't. I've actually just seen really something interesting. Heath Ledger was originally uh, offered the lead role of Loon Moss in this movie. Um, but I think this is where I got it yeah. from. From something like but that. Turned, like, it, turned um, it down. For the Joker. No, I turned it down to spend time with his daughter. But then conveniently took the Joker. Like, <laughs> right after it. So, um, yeah, probably for the Joker. Um, but oh, apparently no. the Coens didn't want to cast Josh Bowen in the role. Um, and he had to get Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez. Robert Rodriguez is the director of Spy Kids. Mm. Shout out to Robert Rodriguez. Uh, to help him make a, <laughs> an audition reel for it. Uh, which eventually got him the audition. But how fucking fascinating is that, man? That he had to go to Quentin Tarantino to help him get a role in a Coen Brothers movie. That's amazing. What? Why I don't did, know. Why, is that why I mean? did Josh Brolin know Quentin, <laughs> is it Quentin Tarantino? I don't know. I'm not even slightly surprised, man. It's just that like, Tarantino would help. The the it's just that Tarantino would help him out, like to get a role in someone else's movie. You know what I mean? I think that's nice. Yeah, yeah. Think, it's not in a bad I think thing. It's nice. It's nice I, thing. I think, but I don't know. I thought yeah. that was kind of normal. 
Here, I had a rumour uh, that Quentin Tarantino doesn't have a phone. I someone told me this actually yeah. that he just like he doesn't have. He has a flip phone apparently, or he doesn't even have a phone at all. And then uh, after every hundred take they do, they take a sip of, or they take a drink or some shit. Like Aye, that. have you seen his editor? Quentin Tarantino's editor is hilarious. Like the way she calls things and stuff like that. Like I'll send you a video after this, but it's absolutely Tarantino's editor is brilliant. Um, so I thought Josh Brolin was good in this movie. But I don't have anything else to say. Hey, it's sort of like the... What's mental, what's mental about this film is I walked in just knowing uh, the main guy in it. Well, I say the, the antagonist. Aye. The antagonist. The fucking villain. Aye. And I didn't know anybody else was in it. So when Josh Brolin appealed, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? You were in things before Avengers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and he's heavy, he's like uh, heavy skinny in this and all. Like he's, he's a lot bigger now. Aye. Because um, he beefed up for uh, Avengers. Because he, he had Thanos and then he done um, Table. Deadpool. But, aye, aye. And then I seen Woody Harrelson and I was like, ah, wild. <laughs> and then Tommy Lee Jones. I didn't think, uh, well, Kelly McDonald and all, but like, I wasn't that surprised when I was like, aye, bitch. Um, Sorry, I wasn't but, um, I was The other two, Tom. See, that was a fish of a heavy Tommy Lee Jones and Woody Harrelson, I was surprised that I did not know they were in this film. But um, mm-hmm. I was surprised about the actors in it, but I wasn't surprised that they didn't do much. Like, Josh Brolin, I think, maybe wanted this role really bad because he thought he'd maybe get an Oscar out of it. Yeah, and he nearly um, did. He got a nomination. So close. Exactly. <laughs> did he not get a nomination for for Old Boy as well? Yeah, probably. Exactly. So he's been choking for that golden... Nugget no, for a while. Nugget, aren't we all? Luke, aren't we all? Nugget? Isn't that? Is what everyone wants? You know, in life. Who's uh, who's the new Leonardo DiCaprio for like so? Because Leo was Amy Adams. For years. Amy Adams has got like six or seven. And she's uh, not one. Right. Is that she was like robbed. It? Don't get me started. She was robbed for Arrival. She didn't even get nominated for that movie when she definitely should have won for it. Um, but anyway, I want to get into Tommy Lee Jones a wee bit. Because his character is, oh. well, when we all, uh, sorry, <laughs> he's not saying that. Um, his character is the sheriff in this movie, and for me, he brings up another theme of the movie that I really liked, and that is like the old guard not understanding the new world. And the reason I say that is he's following this case, and he just doesn't understand it, like you, because he's sort of made to take the part of the audience in that. You know, what I mean, he doesn't understand what's going on. Why are these people doing these things? Why is there a guy hunting it down? And what is actually happening here? So he's also it, an absolute dafted because he, he's a sheriff and he can't even phone the police. <laughs> he's like, call the police. He says it has to tell somebody in Spanish to phone the police. You are the police. You are the police. You are the police. Um, but phone by the, the end of it, he's just like, I'm retiring. I don't understand the world anymore. I don't understand the way the world went. And he goes and he tells, he tells that to his uh, uncle. Um, who was a retired policeman, and he says, I experienced the same thing. He then goes and he tells two stories to his wife. Um, the one, uh, the first one is that he lost some money his father has given him, which I've interpreted because I thought about those stories for ages, to mean that he's his generation in a way has ruined the world that his father gave to him, and he's looking fondly back in the past. And then they tell him the one of him and his father in the snowy mountain, and his father goes ahead to make a fire for him. And I think that's like his father goes to heaven and he's waiting for him there, sort of thing. So it's easy. Uh, but 
What do you think of that? Do you think it's this all movie... very for me? It's all very poetic, but I feel like it can be fucking done better like that. <laughs> it's all very poetic. Oh, it's all. Oh, it's <laughs> this is why I love Jack in the podcast. He doesn't even shit. He's not trying to impress him. He tells you how it is, and you know what? I hundred percent agree with him. See if I was a listener, which I am. Jack's my favorite. <laughs> I'll just go die in a corner. Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> I, I just try to give a wee defence here, but I do, I do agree in the sense that the film is trying to say something like that. It is trying to say like uh, there's the no, old guards who don't understand I, the way the one new world does. I do enjoy the deeper meaning of it and that, but if I if I like look so earlier on, if I come out of the cinema not already grasping it like enough, yeah. then it's no it's not done enough for me. To... I don't get this wrong. Like I, like if I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, I, I may be too stupid to get it, but um, the fact that, like, you, that a film, I, I remember me and Trough went to see Us, and Trough had a few beverages beforehand because he says he can't help but sit and analyse a yeah. film, which I don't get. Like, I just sit and watch a film, whereas Trough would sit and watch scene by scene why these things happen, but, like, I'm not paying twice to understand a film. Well, that's you know the I mean? thing, like, I've been, but... la- like, I'm no bullshit, and I did not understand any of this the first, even during the second time watching. Like, this is me, because the second time I watched that, I couldn't stop thinking about that stuff. What the, what is it meaning? And then going and watching videos and stuff like that and, then, and helping me explain it, reading in some articles and stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's, but that's what I mean. That's interesting that's, as, a, as from a studying, studying film point of view, mm-hmm. like, because obviously you enjoy, I don't know, the, the deeper meaning behind it. If you don't need uh-huh. to watch it again, you obviously got the... the um, Resources, the resources to see because yeah, exactly. there's people who disagree with it. There's people who don't like this movie, and they give the reasons why. There's people who do like the movie, and they give the reasons why. Like the difference for me is when I watch a movie, I believe that there's a caliber of film that is trying to say something that's really important. Uh, and even if I don't understand it, I feel I want to know what was it they were trying to say. What is the meaning you can get from it? Because I've always think that film can give you sort of really good life lessons and make a comment in the world. So with a movie like this. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. I need to look deeper for it. You know what I mean. I don't think it's stupid not to understand it the first time. I think if anyone tells you they completely understand what they're doing the first time, they're lying and bullshitting you. You know what I mean. But like <laughs> completely. But I think if you go and look for meaning in this movie in the place in a place where you might not expect it, I think that's um, what's rewarding about it. But really? I, it looked really good enough. I'll be honest. I watched it in a fucking. This hard drive that my grandpa got in the bars about fucking eight years ago. <laughs> Mad Les loves the bars. Oh, man. mate, honestly. Anyway, got this big hard drive thing, so it's got 316 movies on it. Like, just honestly, any movie you can, obviously, know any movie you it's can It's the Stone Cold Hard Drive, man. It's like, it's like, it's like time from, like, I don't know, movies from like 82, maybe, all the way up until whatever year it was bought, probably 2009 or something, 2010. Nice. nice. I like that. All of them. That's fantastic. All of them, mate. All the Harry Potters are part from uh, Deathly Hallows Part 2, so you've got all them. Aye, anyway, you so have the point no that... excuse to say you cannot watch a movie again. You have no excuse. I can't find well, it. Every movie, every movie <laughs> between those I've, years, every I... Every movie I've not had access to and that I've had to end up fucking buying on Amazon is on that hard drive. It's on the so a lot of money wasted. <laughs> That's the heartbreak. It's a blessing and a curse, really. But... Uh, <laughs> Jesus. I was going to say, I, the whole point I brought that up was because the quality was shite on it, so I right. couldn't actually appreciate it as a 
and a cinematic sense. The, the cinematic sense, didn't it? Ah, you fucking oh, right. oh, yes. Bingo's going crazy right now. You see all the listeners that tune in every week just to hear that. They're, they're not playing the drinking game. They're playing the drinking game, ready to go. Taking five Taking the, the, the drinking <laughs> game? <laughs> Jack mentioned this earlier on, and I know he just made an excuse as to why, but see, I watched it from writing it from PlayStation yeah. Store. Uh, there's a plug for you. Um, <laughs> Sponsored by PlayStation. Oh, imagine But it looked... I didn't mind the way it looked. I know it was going for Western nineteen eighties and it done the job, but I thought it looked it looked off a dull all the time. But I know it was meaning it looked yeah. dull because of the way it was. Um, but I uh, no matter. Right. Okay. Tell you that. Okay. Tell you that. I'm just going to film geek out again for a second. Don't I? <laughs> Forgive me. This is a movie I need to do that one. I rented a cinematography book for a course I was doing in Boston last semester, and the book never shut up about this movie. Like it's considered one of the most perfectly filmed movies ever, and part of that is due to its use of color. Like it's dark yellows and browns and stuff like that that constantly incorporates. <laughs> oh, I didn't really, didn't really get that on the, the fucking <laughs> on the bad hard drive, man. Like <laughs> it was pretty, pretty much sure. just the fucking black white for me. Book. The guy that wrote that book did not use a bad as hard drive to analyze the scenes. <laughs> I can guarantee. But if you go back and you look at that scene. When it's the uh, the coin toss scene with the guy. Listen, uh, if anyone's um, listening, I will sell you the screenplay HD. <laughs> three hundred and sixteen movies there is for three hundred and sixteen pounds. Uh, no, honestly, I wouldn't be taking any less than a grand for it. I swear to God. Look at that amount of movies, mate. The amount of time to be consumed. There's actually a kids section on it as well. There's like Mickey Mouse Clubhouse and all that on it. Oh, the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Come inside and all that. I don't yeah. even. I don't. I couldn't even tell that, if that was correct or not. But as my sister used to watch that all the time. Ah, uh, yeah, definitely. But what an arrogant trick! Imagine designing a house in the shape of your head, mate. Fucking Mickey Mouse got a lot to answer for. <laughs> like such an arrogant <laughs> dickhead. Imagine we done that. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, imagine the like, we might rush more the first time films. Actual human ears. That'd be great. <laughs> I love that man. My <laughs> ego would go through the roof as though it hasn't already. Anyway, like uh, the end part one there. Geez, what you rate it out of ten? Uh, again, at the point in this, if I had to, zero. if I had to, it would be <laughs> a four. <laughs> Look, I've got a captive oh, wow. pistol to your head right now. <laughs> to out a three, yeah. No, I uh, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get. Uh, <coughs> okay, I'm gonna give it a nine. Genuinely, right? Yeah. You've never gave one film on this podcast anything lower than an eight, and that's a fact. Because I'm nice about movies. Like, <laughs> movies mate. I don't know what you want me to say. Oh, no, no, do you know what? See, when I hate a movie, it's actually the hardest thing to make me do, so that's why I hate them more. Because I'm like, I don't really... That's why next week, we're watching Warcraft. No, don't, mate. No. <laughs> oh, it'd be dreadful. I, 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 I couldn't watch it again. I actually couldn't do that show. I could not watch that movie again. I, I genuinely wouldn't. I genuinely would Oh my God, man. Warcraft. Don't get me started on Warcraft. Oh my God. Right. Okay, that's the end of part, part one. Part two, we'll be going uh, through our top 10 uh, villains list that was put together by the contributors of the FT Podcast Network. And we will also be discussing all the rest of the film news that comes out this week, including the latest on the Flash movie starring Ezra Miller? Question mark. We'll see you in part two. <laughs> nice one. <laughs>
This is part two of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I really? like that transition. See, I don't, uh, what a transition. I don't know sometimes you do that, Chuck. Um, you do that, Chuck, for your sake or for the audience's sake? I just, I, I just <laughs> like to, I don't know, I just like to keep things interesting. You know what I mean? Do that, on your I'm, toes. Oh, I'm, just, I'm just an absolute uh, maniac. I'm a force of nature. <laughs> um, I think, I think in the future you should be like, this is part three and folk like, ah, where's part two? What's he done? What's he done with uh, part one? What's he done with <laughs> part two? See, like that, I exactly remember the week we did Interstellar and everything was recorded out of order and it was the biggest mess of all time. Like, it was part three, part one, part two, all recorded like a different order with Jack hosting the second part, which was a pitch battle. It was an absolute nightmare. Man. <laughs> like, to put that together, it was like a Frankenstein's monster of an episode. Anyway, ah, so... Like like we did with the top 10 favourite movies, uh, we have a new article that should be out this week on the top 10 villains in film history. Contributors from all across the FT podcast range, including all three of us, <coughs> Nicky, um, who couldn't be here today because he's got work. Imagine having an actual job, what a dick. Um, and also <laughs> uh, Rob Jane from Pitch Battle, um, the gals who were here for the Get Out episode, uh, the guys from the FT uh, football team. Um, including Connor McCann and Nathan Corner contributed to this list. Um, and of course, uh, Mary Higgins uh, from formerly FT Thrones and FT TV. Um, a lot of great contributions to this list. A lot of great people I respect and love. So thank you very much for that. All right. <laughs> I love support. you all. I love you all so much. Anyway, I want to discuss the runners up in this list because there's a couple that I'm raging didn't actually make the top 10, right? The first of which I think probably should have. But I don't think enough people have seen the movie, and it's Nurse Ratched from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, what? I think I put it in mine. Oh, she's a cow. She's an absolute <laughs> she, cow. I think I put, I think I put her high in my list because she is an utter bitch. Yeah, and she is like there's no reason for her to exist in the world. And the one thing I'll say planet, about she... our list and that Sweeney criticised for, I was out with after a paint with him um, like two weeks ago, and he said, "Do you know the problem with the list?" Everyone like finds you the villains in it quite cool. Like there's no villain you actually hate. And Nurse Ratchet is a villain you actually Aye. hate. You know what I mean? Aye, hundred percent. Like you you if you were like to meet her in real life, you'd punch Aye. her. You know what I mean? Like you'd punch oh, her heathen. But like when it's a joker, you wouldn't bother with that, but he is a cool You take a wee photo with him, you know what I mean? Like hey, mm. with the Joker. Well, <laughs> technically he's need to know, but let's not get exactly. it. Exactly. You had Nurse Ratchet in your top ten. Thank you. I mean, well, thank you she, was, she wasn't in my top uh, no, no, she wasn't in my top ten, but uh, I, I think it's just the way that we define villain. Like, I, I suppose the way I was thinking about them was more because I thought they were cool. Like, top ten, as in, like, I liked them. Icons, I liked them, sort of, yeah, yeah. Uh, for their character and maybe mm-hmm. the, the arc that follows them. But I think not so much. I dislike. So I didn't put. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? I would. I would be. I like, get what you mean. Yeah, and that's part of the problem with trying to evaluate it. It's not top ten. Yes, she's a hate. great villain because obviously you hate her and you hate the villain. But for rating them in a top ten list, you know, just my mindset was they had mm-hmm. to be someone that I liked or someone that I was a fan of or looked up. Looked up to. I looked, looked up, up to. I looked up to Clayton from Tarzan. <laughs> <laughs> exactly your way we like when I Fucking up. Agent Smith. <laughs> right down again. Oh, what a Strangled through vines, man. Like, oh, Clayton. Uh, Brian Blessed, is, that's one of the best voice performances all the time. I love him. Uh, second in our runners-up section, we had Regina George from Mean Girls, um, who mm, had awesome. a late, re- late resurgence. And the last man, it looked like she was going to get in there, but she just just missed out, man. Like, do you think Regina George iconic? Is that the right word to describe her? 
Right, see as a villain, no, but see as a character. Yeah. <laughs> like what like obviously everyone in the FT FT network have clearly googled worst <laughs> or something uh, and she's been put on <laughs> so like, not Regina. I don't see it as a Regina's a bitch. She has a bunch of villain. She's not a villain. She's not a villain. She's a a love island, man. The amount of hate she would get. She's an antagonist. She's not a villain. There's a definition there. Fucking Jack with his fucking. That should have been a lawyer. You know what I mean? Like, oh, look at the fine writing of it. She's Aye, a villain. She's a cow, mate. That's what she is. is she she's a, she a Does she plot? Like, does she. Not plot. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know what I was going to say. Um, she, all she does all she does is she becomes. She's just a just lassie. A lassie. She's she doesn't lassie. Mirren, she does the, like, Mirren kill a bully. And which he... is not a villain. <laughs> uh, see, the worst thing she does is when she. Puts round like, those flyers about that um, Katie or Katie um, about what's it? What did she do again? Like just makes a rumor exactly, and then folk go, "Oh, that's that is horrific." Like, that's right. What was the rumor go? I bet you no, don't I remember don't, it. But we'll move on. Exactly. <laughs> Shows you how memorable it is. Uh, the one I was fuming about, uh, John Doe from Seven, um, talking about an effective villain, a villain who actually <coughs> never wins <coughs> the movie. Uh, John Doe should have been in there. One Jack will be happy about Claude Frodo was a, a yes. Chuck Frodo, sorry, was a runner-up. Uh, great song, Hellfire, from Hunchback in Notre Dame. Uh, this is one that shocked me, because she actually placed higher than the villain who she's under in the Harry Potter movies. Bellatrix Lestrange was a point away from the top ten. Oofed. Yeah, and Voldemort was like way off the mark. Aye. So that's mental to me. Uh, and then the last one that didn't make the top ten was also a point away was Hans Lander from Inglorious Bastards. So okay. I yeah. see that. definitely should have been. So we we'll start at the top ten. Number ten, Michael Myers from Halloween. Are we happy with his inclusion? No, well, there's no my thoughts. You know my thoughts on fucking Halloween. So no, <laughs> and I actually right. think he's the most. That's just useless. Useless. <laughs> the conversation. He's just like, no, I'm not discussing this again. If you, if you want my thoughts, you can hear the last podcast. <laughs> 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 I, I don't understand why you don't like right so from previous podcasts which you can watch them all on a good podcast podcasting <laughs> platforms that jack hates i know yeah. i've actually come to stupid, work, right? like not come to enjoy horror but just if it's done right there's a fine like i've watched but a few that have changed it for I, me but like see halloween like that was one of the first ones again like one of the classic horrors that I watched slasher films and I was mm. just so disappointed with it and I can't go back to things like I that I think though. it's because it's so da- I've more like there's many a- see when you watch Halloween back right and even in the new Halloween actually it's the same thing uh, Michael Myers just magically appears but he walks everywhere it's not even that I don't <laughs> mind I don't mind like the he's a force of nature he's not actually a man or anything like that I don't even mind that story it's just like it could be done better like, mm. if some if these people are putting up a fight against him, and he can obviously overcome them, then fine. But the way that they're just so set up to be taken, like all of them, mm. it just it, it I don't know. It's uncomfortable. Like I just don't think it looks right. I would rather <laughs> I would rather you know they get up and we're fighting than like fighting back. Apart from obviously she does at the end, but it's not. Well, there was two to one, and I think it was because of the sort of iconography again they got in there. I think. I think it uh, like it got in there simply because of the fact that you know the mask mm-hmm. like instantly recognizable and you know like like if you think of 
like your stereotypical Halloween, no, just Halloween, like horror, yeah. like icons. You'll think I would prefer Ghostface personally. I think Ghostface is a better villain because he's sort of tongue in cheek and embraces that tongue in cheekness. But it's not my list completely. So I think in a few years' time, like maybe I say a few years, like another ten years' time or something, uh, Ghostface will be up there simply because. Like Michael Myers is like the seventies, and then Ghostface all just get this following from. Steam. I hope so, but Scary Movie might have ruined it a wee bit. But I think that's the problem for me because now people think it's a piss take. But Scream so. does feel like a piss take, though. I think the first one. Oh, definitely. But so, it's, uh, meant, it's meant. Scream is meant to be sort of a parody, sort of parody in Halloween. Uh, it's meant to be a parody in Halloween, and a Scary Movie just took it too far. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so we will get to number nine, Jack Torrance with The Shining. I think that's a good shout. To be honest with you, a good show, but uh, again, I, not even one that I'd really considered. I only put, I think I did put one down. Um, in fact, no, I never. Quite low down, maybe. No, I never actually, but I think I, it was more towards the end of the list when I was struggling that I was realizing that. Yeah. Um, I suppose we could, we can, I don't know, pick mm. pick um ones that are not necessarily classed as villains that like I was originally classed as villains. So he's so, interesting because he has the the arc where he becomes the villain by the end of the story. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, but he goes that, that route from his same father just looking for a job and then becomes uh, this force of evil and manifests the evil that's existed in the hotel. And obviously we had the trailer for Doctor Sleep come out a couple of weeks ago, which is a sequel to The Shining, which mm-hmm. I thought looked insanely good, man. Luke, did you manage to see that trailer? I did indeed, yes. It's very... Like, uh, I was raging that I knew there was a Shining sequel when I watched it. Yeah. Because I think I would have freaked out more. If you saw the like, Shining references during it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was, I'd have been like, because I'd have just watched it as like another horror film coming out and then it would feel like connected and I'd be like, oh, that's freaky. Nice, but, I like that. Yeah. I like, I, I'm the opposite with the Curse of Lorona. They definitely should have advertised that as part of the Conjuring universe when it came out. I don't know why they didn't. Um, Thanos is in at number eight on the back of Avengers Infinity War, it seems. Uh, I put Thanos number eight on my personal list because, like, I put him in there because I like him. I, like, this is the argument we had earlier on. I like him over, like, I'm scared of hmm. him. I could take Thanos. I'm bigger yeah. than him. <laughs> but I like, I like his, I like his, term, um, what, what am I saying here? I like how oh, you're so big. We put half of the population. <laughs> I, I, like, I like the fact that Thanos takes a lot of boxes for me because he's cool and you remember him, which a lot of, of current superhero villains has been hard to do famously, especially for Marvel. And he has a motivation that you don't necessarily agree with, but you understand to an extent. And that to me is what makes a really good villain is that you shouldn't feel complete empathy and support them, but you should understand to an extent where they're coming from. But having yeah. said that, I think that aspect of the character was more powerful in Killmonger than it is Black Panther. So I probably would have preferred him over Thanos in the list. Get what I mean? No, I definitely. I uh, can agree with you. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, and we're going to go to number seven, Norman Bates from Psycho. Classic horror villain. Uh, right, again, I think, so this is when it comes into it, when it's like, um, you start putting people in that you just think are the like, cult classics kind of thing. Mm. It's not actually you're scared of them. Again, I'd take Norman Bates. He's just a pure <laughs> wee Wayne that wants to impress his mother as not real. Aye. Well, she is real, but she's dead. You know what I mean? But, like, I think it's, he's only put in. But see, if people were to say, like, oh, Norman Bates from the Psycho remake that was played by Vince Vaughn, 
Then I'd be like, yes. Oh, fuck off, mate. What a freak oh, he is. Oh, fuck off, mate. <laughs> Vince Vaughn. Don't mention Vince Vaughn here ever again. That name has no Trust place in these bugs. Oh, do you know what? I, no, I can't believe there this. Was some, I, there was I didn't know this. something I seen Vince Vaughn in that changed my mind on him. I think he played this skinhead in a movie. Um, it was like something in uh, Cell Block something. And it was like this, the most brutal action movie you'll ever see. And he was amazing in it, but he hardly had any lines, so I think that's part of the reason I liked him in it. Anyway, number six, <laughs> number six is Anton Chigurh from No Country for Old Men. We've talked about him I here. Can't I can't believe think, that now that I've seen that. Like, I, I've never, really? Honestly, I am raging about that. He's so high in the list. Are you? He was on a lot of people's lists. A lot of people's lists. And he was really high in a lot of people's lists. He would never be in a top 10. I honestly just thought, he looked good. He looked like a good dad. But I knew fuck all about him. Like, didn't care about him. But do you think that's part of the reason that people are scared of him, though? Because they don't know anything about him. Again, like, I wouldn't pick somebody that I was scared. I'm not scared of him at all. I'd fucking do him. I want to see this movie with you two just fighting all these guys. I think it would be great. <laughs> <laughs> that's there's your movie. That's what we need. That's there's your movie. movie. Um, anyway, what was I saying? You didn't like him. I, I didn't like him. I didn't like him at all. Um, I think. I get I, again, like what I was saying about Mike Myers. I get that he's a force of nature and that, and I, and you know that makes it appealing. But for mm. me, again, it goes back to what you were saying. Uh, with Killmonger if you understand them then it, yeah. you feel a, you, you, I don't know it comes across better oh, I didn't Jack understand Higgins, own words against me I didn't, un- I, I didn't understand <laughs> like him at all and, yeah. and that comes with part and parcel when no understanding the film for a start but hmm. I, just, get that. I wanted I get a wee that. bit more that is what I wanted from that movie as a whole not just the, the villain I wanted just a little bit more about like everyone's past and like why this is actually occurring and, no and how, the type of stuff how what write. happened in the past, David, then yeah. becomes the present, which is now oh. the fate. You know, it's like what happened in the past. Would the fate of the had previous. to happen in the past for now yeah. this to occur for this chain of events to, to have started. Jeez, oh man, anyway, Jack Higgins, <laughs> Jack Higgins, science talk ready on uh, the next night. No, no, I know, like, because knowing the type of stuff you write, you love like detailing backstory and stuff like that and that's part of the sort of things I write about like your creative energy and stuff like that yeah. it's, there's different brackets you can place them in though I'm all about like for example there's someone else we're going to talk about later so I'll save that conversation who I'd prefer to know less about because I think he'd be serious right, so number five Frank is Francis Begbie look what are you making of number five Francis Begbie Francis Begbie right Francis Begbie number five uh, <laughs> he's in there he's doing it true I don't like. <laughs> I don't like. Again, what was I spoke about earlier on? Transport is a class film, right? And I love Transport. Transport too. But Begbie isn't a villain, right? Mm. Like when you class, see on this list, right? Like you know, like you've got right before Begbie, you've got Thanos, right? The guy <laughs> went through half the population, <laughs> right? And then you got Begbie, who literally just wanted a baby and bought his pals. <laughs> So, you know what I mean? There's so many. There's a there's a different layout you're going on here. So I don't I don't understand. understand. You got everything in context, but you can't just say, "Oh, he didn't try and destroy half the universe." And therefore, I'm not not saying it's a kill count, right? But I'm just saying, like Regina George hated her pals because they ditched her. You could literally see Regina George had the same like um, motive at all. 
Oh, I know. I know. Would you rather the same motive as Begbie? Because Begbie didn't like his pals, neither did Regina George. So Regina George got back at them. So did Begbie. And I don't I agree. Book, but... <laughs> Imagine it. Sick boy. Uh, spud. But the point I'm making is, the fact is, I didn't put on my list. I thought about it and I thought, no, there's other villains, worse villains, and there are many some villains of Begbie. Begbie's on there because one, he's Scottish and we all love Scotland, Mona Scotland. Uh, I, I have to agree that that is, that is the reason why I look, but I, I don't see a problem with it, personally. <laughs> <laughs> Start staunch nationalist, Jack. <laughs> I don't see a problem with Scotland being represented on this list. How dare a Tory Prime Minister tell us? <laughs> well now, well now. Isn't it ironic? Isn't it ironic? <laughs> Number four, Scarf. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I um, I'm, right. I'm actually fine Again, with Scarf. Another guy Scarf, Scarf's brilliant. Fuck off. Look, don't. <laughs> fuck off. No, I agree with you. I know that your pals have been oh, no, well, that's tune, mate. Like, Absolute tune. Scar's brilliant. Scar's absolutely brilliant. Aye, Scar is Scar was high up my list. I think he was like third in mine. There's nothing bad you can say I think Disney, Disney villains are, what, no. are the, some of the best portrayed Aye. villains because no. well, it's, you bad, get everything that you want. Like what Truff was saying about the story behind it. You, you, you understand their motives and why they're doing what they're doing. Um, mm. Scar's actually not one of the best ones that... But yeah, anyway, yeah, I think you would have, you would have had Fro or Clayton on there. Aye. I, I, had, I had two Disney villains on my list, and I get 100% behind you. Disney villains, like those kind of era Disney villains were Clash. You're talking Sky, you're talking Hades, you're talking. I mean, they just they done villains right. Uh, yeah. I put on my list Lotso and Stinky Pete from Toy Story 2 and 3. Ah. Um, so... oh, Lotso was good as well, actually. I'm thinking, I but Scar 100%. Like, it's the whole like Lion King was based off Hamlet, wasn't it? Or it is Hamlet? It is, like, yeah, it's, yeah, completely. Uh, and then so, the superior Lion King 2 was based off Romeo and Juliet. Oh my god, stop <laughs> it right now. Um, I'm gonna just, I'm not even gonna think if I use With a better so. villain than Zero, I have to say, oh, with no, a better no, villain no. song, arguably as well. There's so many things about the Lion King 2 we could discuss later. Somebody stop <laughs> Somebody, Somebody stop me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would like to move on to number three, Trump. Hannibal Lecter from Silence of the Lambs. A great villain. Aye. Again, Aye. one of the best. Yep. Is he the villain of the movie? Because technically he's an ally trying to beat Buffalo Bill. Yeah, true. No, 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 no. But he's still a villain. He's a villain the reason, in the, the universe. He's a so... villain in the film, right? See, when you see, like, it's one of the rare occasions where you're watching a film, and I would have loved to have seen Silence of the Lambs in a cinema, but when you see him on film and he stayed in right at you you fuck it you actual shit yourself he's yeah. so creepy and you know that if he was if they didn't have those four walls around him he'd eat you and oh. that's like he'd actual eat you that's terrifying you. what does he go like what's this famous speech and he goes like uh, the liver with some like some uh, kidney beans or something I, uh, with some kidney beans and a nice Chianti that's what he says <laughs> oh, it's, the way, it's the way he says Chianti it's Chianti. like Chianti oh it makes my skin crawl that's why he wasn't even on that list but I should have put him on the list he's yeah. actually so creepy man Jack, I, I get what you mean he's an ally yeah Jack's a big fan of this movie I know 
Like, like Silent Slams in general, aren't you? I'm a big fan of all three of them, the trilogy, to be honest. I think they're all really good. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. I have to some, say, Red, I Dragon, think... Red Dragon is my favourite of them. In fact, that was on my top 20 films list the last year. It was. I remember uh, Red Dragon was on there. Uh, I have to say, Hannibal Lecter, best horror performance of all time. I'd probably class Silence of the Lambs as a horror movie. Yeah, like... Um, hmm. Yeah, like it's horror thriller, but it really tours that line. And I think Hannibal Lecter um, is probably the best horror icon of all time. I think that performance is just absolutely brilliant. Um, I want to go back to that conversation we had earlier, Jack, about how you said you wanted villains explained more. And I'm going to tell you right now <laughs> that having this villain explained to me more ruined this villain a lot for me in certain aspects. And that is Darth Vader. Now, he has made the list Aww. on the back of The Empire Strikes Back, right? But I put it to you, the seeing Darth Vader as a child pod racing with Sebulba, that is not what I want to see. No, it's right. 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 You're going to put it to us, right? Were you asking Jack? Are you asking well, Jack no, I mean, I, I was just kind of mulling over there, tough when you said that. I was just like, all right. But I, I get what you're saying. But I think. No, I get what he means. But see, that's like, all part of fan... character, really. Is it no? <laughs> but see the fact, right? I get, I get what you mean. See if you watched New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, and you're like, as a full arc, and you, like Empire Strikes Back, he's an actual force to be reckoned with, pun in the force. But <laughs> Phantom Menace, when he's a wee guy, you're like, right, he's a wee guy, but what ruins it, and I keep talking about this, Attack of the Clones is the worst <laughs> film of all time, right? And there's one, it's just so many scenes where Anakin's talking, and you're like, you'll know Darth Vader. He wouldn't do this, but you need to accept that he is. That he was He's holding me sand. back. <laughs> he was talking about sand to a bird, and he was like, I love you. I've got one arm. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then it ruins it, like, he built C-3PO. See if he was, like, a pure mindless, like the way he was in Rogue One, pure yeah. mindless, amazing jet, um, Sith, that you'd yeah. be like, oh, class. But now he's got, like, you've humanised him, and you've made him less of, you've made him such a, Gimp. And, <laughs> I don't know. And look, I don't... look, no one likes that. Not just the men, but the women and the children too. No one likes it. <laughs> no one's enjoying it. The younglings hate Anakin. I know that for a fact. Master Skywalker. I, honestly, oh, I mean, it's been a while since I watched the original trilogy. I was a fan mm. uh, when I was a budding Star Wars fan because I've never been yeah. after Die Hard or anything. But when I kind of yeah. got into it, I enjoyed them. I enjoyed all of them, really. Mm. Um, but I did have. I had more access to the original trilogy, so yeah. the for me was one of the better ones. Anyway, yeah, um, uh, yeah definitely. But I, um, but what, what was we said? I think, um, I think yeah, it could have been casted better, maybe, or something could have been done better. I think he gets a lot. Of no, stick, I think um, he, Hayden Christensen gets a lot of stick for that. I think no matter what, the writing was still absolutely guff. Aye, I think it's completely George know. Lucas's fault. I don't blame Hayden Christensen at all, actually. I think Hayden Christian did the best with what he was given. So that dialogue think, you in just, those movies. You just think that the way that he became Darth Vader should have been completely different then? Yeah. I like the overall story in the prequels. It's just the way it's shot and written. Like, see if you gave me that story as a premise, I'd be like, aye, that's a great character arc. But the way he's written the dialogue and the way he shot it with the stupid green skin just ruins it for me. Right. Uh, I see the way... wasn't a massive fan of green screen, uh, but when you're younger than that, you don't even care. Yeah, you don't. Ah, you don't. Right. But I think that's the problem with our generation. Like the uh, like the older generation that grew up with the original Star Wars will be like, "Oh, green screen ruined it." But we watched it and we were wee guys and thought this is amazing. Mm. So when we watch it again, we don't really we see the problem with it, but like, oh, we can look by it. But I think, um, like, well, it's just a generation thing. Like when the next like 
trilogy of Star Wars comes out, there'll be something that we don't like because it was comparing to, you know what I mean? Like, Aye. there's always going to be something that they're targeting for we guys. That <laughs> for we guys. Like Hi, I would have quite like Kylo in the, the list, actually, talking about the new trilogy. I think Kylo's an interesting character. No, no Kylo um, kind of, for me, fits the same bill as, uh, what's his chops for, uh, for that Dardes, movie? Dardes of the Galaxy. <laughs> oh, Rodan? Yeah. What? Uh, what? Uh, That's oh, wild. Come on, mate. Kylo didn't get beat by no dance break. You know, like, you know, no, like obviously, it, obviously it's, a par- it's a parody, but it's, it's the position is what I mean. Like, he's like the... Underling? Yeah. He's, I get, yeah. Well, he's the apprentice, I get, isn't he? He's just his apprentice or whatever. Uh, well, seeing was, uh, see, seeing like The Force was, Awakens, obviously. The Force Awakens, I really liked him. I thought it was, like, he clearly wanted to be like Darth Vader that he wanted to be mm. the next big thing and he was like conflicted but seeing The Last Jedi I felt like it was more I don't know like I felt like he, he thought he, I got the impression that he was in too deep <laughs> you know like mm. he's like oh shit I've killed all these folk I can't become a Jedi now but whereas I liked it when he was just a pure wrath like like constantly I'm going to just kill everything and do whatever I want because I'm basically the best Personal. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to discuss this more. We've got a few Star Wars shows coming up before the end of the year. We're doing both the prequels uh, and we're also doing uh, Rogue One, uh, which I will try and be present for. Um, <laughs> oh, <but laughs> number one in this list is um, to no one's shock at all, the runaway winner was the Joker from The Dark Knight, portrayed by Heath Ledger. Um, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> to be honest with you, Aye. I don't think there's any other shout. Yeah. Uh, what did you guys think on Heath Ledger's performance? Just oh, a given, I, iconic. Aye. There wasn't like there was no way it wasn't going to be that, but I just feel like <coughs> you can't do a villain list without mentioning him for for one, but two, like you watch the Dark Knight not for Batman, and that's mm. a mental thing to say. Like you yeah. watch, like I'll put on the Dark Knight because the the Joker's just pure. Like, it, it just, whenever he's on screen, you just watch him. You can't watch him. He's just so amazing. And I don't know, I want to say it's Heath Ledger's performance because he is really, like, a really good actor. But, like, it's just the way it's written, the way he acts, <coughs> the way everything about him is so smart. Because, like, I think every time I've watched it, you realise more and more just how chaotic he is. It's like the perfect portrayal of the Joker that he just wants chaos. Like, the bit where he, like, he gets half of the money for the job and he burns it. And he's like, I don't care. He's like, I just want to watch everything burn. Yeah. I am mental. Like, <laughs> yeah, see, mental. he's the one person on this list. I don't think I could batter. Because he's <laughs> so good with knives. Yeah, it's, the nice, it's, the nice, it's the nice in his feet, mate. That's what, that's what will get you. Um, huh. Jack, I wanted to ask this question just to play devil's advocate a wee bit. Is, does it make him a good villain, the fact that he outshines the hero? Or should the best villain compliment the hero to make them the more interesting one what's your thoughts on that uh, I think actually because there's been so many Batman like renditions so far mm-hmm. that introducing the Joker like this and him being a better Joker than anyone else and actually outshining the, the hero mm-hmm. it suits Batman like it suits mm. like Batman's always going to be Batman and as a performance like well I'd say modern Batman's always going to be now portrayed the same because as the, I think the most real portrayal of a Batman of the Batman, yeah, it's like the dark, quite stoic, um, quite conflicted, like moody, yeah, moody, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's the way to do it. Whereas, like, obviously, you think Adam West and um, 
yeah, completely, yeah. completely different. But I think aye, and this was coming on the back of cloning Batman as well, which was oh geez, oh with his back credit card and that. The less said about that, the better. Well, I you're seeing coming on the off the back of it was like <laughs> ten years, mate. It wasn't uh-huh, like that's true. the year after. Yeah, no, so like, I think I, I think in this in this basically in this case, him outshining the hero was a bit was positive. Um, yeah. But maybe in other cases, probably not. I think you would yeah. obviously want your hero. I suppose the reason why they're the protagonist is to to overcome but, whatever the evil is. Usually, well, that's how Taika Waititi got the job on Thor Ragnarok. Was that he said Thor is always uh, in the movies? You've had Thor, and he's the least interesting character in his movies. Let me make Thor interesting again. Uh, you know what I mean? Was what he said to them, and I think he did that. Um, yeah, the Joker top of the list. Uh, leave your thoughts with us on social media. Just let us know what you think of this list. The good thing is that we've all given our opinions and Nicky has said that he wants to write this. Um, so this list, when it gets published, will have his opinion um, and his view on all of the entries. So that is going to be for an interesting read. So make sure you check that out. You know what I mean? I just want to mention my list, right? My list is no. class, and my, <laughs> my favourites never get put in. So I'm saying this now, so it's publicly known, right? Yeah. Number one was the Nazis in general. Every Nazi's a bad bastard, and we can all agree on that. Right? Number two was Percy Wetmore from the Green Mile. Mm-hmm. That wee bastard oh, that stamped in the put. Oh, there we go. That's the reaction aye. I want. That's the reaction That's I want. Mate. Never thought of that. <laughs> he, he's a wee pellet. Because see when he stamps in the rat, and then he's like, oh... Like, oh, he deserves it. Bastard. Aye, and then he doesn't wet the sponge. Horrible. He doesn't wet the sponge. Right, that's like, that's like Nurse Ratchet. You want to punch his wee heathen. Third one was Nurse Ratchet. I've already discussed him. Mm-hmm. The hunter that killed Mam- Bambi's maw. <sighs> How sad's that? We don't know who he is. But he's a bastard. Right, one, so... one more. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm going to give you this. Hold on, I'm reading through this. Hold on. Willie Scott for Indiana Jones too. Oh, I couldn't give a fuck about that. Indiana Jones, yeah. shite. Shite? No. <laughs> right. Trough, help me out here. Please tell, agree with me. I need to refrain from comments. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm not going to lie to you, Luke. I probably not watched any of them all the way through. So next we're talking about the Flash <laughs> and um, <laughs> so got, like, that's the that's it with the list. Uh, we've got some movies. What about Steve? Steve? <laughs> what I meant to say. I meant to say. <laughs> oh, Steve I'm, I'm, I'm sure Steve was a bad bastard, Jack, but I don't know where he's from. <laughs> I meant to say Stephen. Sorry, Stephen from Django Unchained. I thought that was a good one. It is a good one. That he was on a couple of people's lists as well, mm. actually. Um, he, he got some I, put, I ended up putting a wee wild card in there as well, uh, like yeah. Borden from the Prestige as well, because he'd be classed as a, as a villain. Even mm. he actually wins, he actually prevails. Yeah, that's an interesting one with the Prestige. Because he could have, he uh, uh, essentially could have killed Hingley's wife. What's his name? Oh, it's the American's name again. Um, the great Danton, basically. Yeah, uh, the great Danton's wife. I uh, killed his wife, and then. Had this like had the whole world under his like illusion, mm-hmm. this under this illusion that he was one guy, but he was actually twin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? no, you're right. I think you're completely. And right. he still, the one and he would... still actually wins. Like he still wins because yeah. the uh, thing where he obviously dies, and he mm-hmm. lives. You're right. Amazing. If you want to hear more about our thoughts on the prestige, go back and check that in our back catalog. The one I would mention, um, but I'll have more time to talk about him next week is Bill from the Kill Bill series. I think yeah, Bill oh, should have got what you mentioned. 
That was a great one. Uh, a couple of pieces of movie news to talk about before we go away. It's been revealed uh, in the last 15 minutes as we're live on there. This is hot off the press that G.A. Bayona uh, will direct the Amazon Lord of the Rings TV series. We've not really heard a lot of information about it right now. We don't know where it's coming from or what time uh, period it's set in. Uh, what we do know about G.A. Bayona is his previous work has included uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, a movie that I absolutely Ooh. despise. Uh, I really <laughs> despise it. Um, he directed the 2016 uh, Mon- A Monster Calls, which I heard a lot of really good things about, a really good fantasy uh, element to that. So that's probably how he got the job in the back of that. I don't imagine it was Jurassic World. Mm. Um, and the 2012 film The Impossible, which was Tom Holland's film debut, I think. It was with him and Ewan McGregor, and it was about the family surviving the tsunami. I didn't see it, I did. I remember that back in the day. Um, but he's also been attached to other projects uh, with Universal Studios. Um, he was meant to adapt a thriller uh, for them. I don't know if he's doing it right now, but that was being produced by Guillermo del Toro. If he was announced, it, if he was announced to be attached to this um, Lord of the Rings show, then that would be something. But I'm excited enough about J.B. Owner just because of the visuals of the Monster yeah, Calls. Is, any, any, is he any the only? Guys got... Is he the only one that's been confirmed? Or did you... he's the only one confirmed? Uh, uh, the way it's put here. And the article, the article comes from Ali Gemmel uh, on Collider, uh, mm-hmm. from what I'm reading, is that his, they've found the right person to guide it. Uh, has been secured as the series director, will oversee direction on oh, the series' okay. first two episodes. So he's establishing the look and the feel of it, is the way they put it here. Aye. So he's the first two episodes of the show uh, will be directed by J.A.B. Winner. Yeah. That is quite good. Look, have you seen any of his previous movies? Did you see Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom? Uh, so Jurassic World was just the first one, wasn't it? Jurassic World Two, I'm talking about here. Aye, right, that's fine. I know. Fallen Kingdom was that the one but... that uh, you slated, Trust? Have you not slated I one? Hate it. I hate. I wanted to walk out. That, I, that was I, I, an hour movie. I wanted to walk I out. I had none but bad things. But, <coughs> um, I'm on circles. I've never seen, but I did hear the visuals in it, like the actual special effects. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. But the only thing I remember from that film was. I've not seen it, but it was always in the build. It was like a January release, it. and it was on, it was always in the billboard on the train, oh, and it yeah. never got taken down until like April. And I was like, <laughs> "That film has still not been out." So, um, I, as it does, <laughs> uh, and the, the other news I wanted to discuss um, is that the Flash movie has been in sort of disarray up until this point, um, but it's been reported that it's still happening with Ezra Miller uh, reprising the role. Apparently he signed on again to play The Flash. Many people thought he would leave at the end of his contract and many thought the DCEU was phasing out the heroes from the Justice League, but he's staying on and it looks like it director uh, Andy Muschietti is in talks to direct the movie. He is the man that they're looking at here. Uh, Christina Hodson who penned the Bumblebee movie, <laughs> which Trust was... Me, you're actually starting to sound like Jeff Stelling, like on the fucking... I'm I'm taking that as a, a compliment. Eh? <laughs> like, <laughs> you, like, it looks like here he's got a it's, it's a yellow card. <laughs> What's happening, Cammy? I've got Kevin uh, Cottage, Alan. <laughs> so aye, in a nutshell, Christina Hodson wrote the Bumblebee movie and she's wrote the Birds of Prey movie for DC. Uh, she's attached to write it. Look, the Flash movie's been thrown about for ages. The DCEU has seemed to be in disarray for a while. What are you thinking about this news? Are we to take this with a massive, massive pinch of salt at this point? Oh, unbelievably. Like, think about it. So, like, the amount of shit that comes out of DC is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So you get... I mean, like, Ben Affleck, before he actually announced that he was not Batfleck anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, 
he, he was announced Noah's Batfleck a year before he announced himself as Noah's Batfleck, you know what I mean? Aye. It was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I heard a rumour about a month ago that basically DC, I'm not from a reliable source, I don't know MD for DC, but <laughs> um, basically what well, I thought the consensus was that uh, all the original Justice League, since it was an absolute shit show, shit show, they just took what was good from it. So Aquaman, Wonder Woman, and then that was it. And then the Flash was just going to be forgotten about, and they were going to do Kid Flash mm-hmm. uh, or, or Wally West as just normal Flash in general. Yeah. So, I, and there was something about Ezra Miller either not signing the contract or he had pre- he had um, he didn't want to do it. it. Apparently, he didn't like the script that they had, so they're rewriting but the script. The thing is, see the Flash film from anyone who knows this. The comic storyline of Flashpoint. That's probably the best Flash story you could do, and it's like it would be phenomenal to see on screen. So if he were to knock that back, it's mental to me because it would make so much money. Because Flashpoint's was... about tra- time traveling, parallel universes, and they need it's, to reset uh, this world now. There's a lot of things they need to reset, like, I, and that that would, that would reset it. So Aye. it was it was weird how they, he wouldn't want to do that. Yeah, I get if he was embarrassed or anything, but see that now that he's signed on, I'm not going. I'm honestly, as you say, I'm going to take it as a pinch of salt because yeah. he could literally say the order, kidding on. I'm going to do. Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> I'm, doing, need, I'm doing. We need to talk about Kevin too. Um, Jack, as a sort of like outside watcher here, um, what are you more excited about this potential Flash movie with that director or Matt Reeves but taking the Batman with a uh, uh, Battinson taking the, the helm? Uh, oof, that's a tough one actually. I'm a big fan of Robert Pattinson. Uh, I don't like you've called him Pattinson, but that's annoying. That's what, that's what they're calling him. I can't help. No, it. but like I get Ben Affleck because it's like Batfleck because he's named Ben, but like <laughs> Robert Pattinson doesn't he, like it doesn't roll off the tongue. It does Pattinson bat rhyme? I don't make the. <laughs> it makes perfect look. sense. Look, look, I don't make the rules, honey. I want it. I want it. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't make the rules, mate. I don't make no, the rules. I th- I'm a big fan of him. I think uh, that'll just come down to what, what they're going to try and do mm-hmm. with it. If they're going to try and come off the back of a dark um, Batman, like we were just talking about there, yeah. dark and stoic and moody, and you know, all upsetting that he's an orphan all his life, but daddy has some money. And it's just such a Batman story, it's so easy to take the piss out of it now. Your parents are dead, you have yes. nothing to live for, and action. And action. <laughs> Aye, it's so easy to take the piss out of it now, so if you do something a bit different with it, then brilliant. Um, yeah. although I would actually say that I'm probably more excited about the Flash movie. I've never actually seen any Flash stuff, even the, there's a Netflix series for a bit, was there not, or something? And it's the CW, uh, the CW series, you know, for a few seasons with, with Grant Gustin. I, I, I do reckon that the... I like Ezra Miller as well. Like, so. of all superhero films, I think uh, you'd enjoy the Flash. Like, the Flashpoint storyline the most, uh, I think. I actually really it, like Grant Gustin. I think Grant Gustin would have been good to go to screen, but that's just me. Well, well, well. Yeah. Wait, so, that's your opinion. He the, so, he was the TV? He's the TV guy. He's still uh, doing it. That's true. still it's running. Un- it's uncommon that they do that, though. They just recast the... Yeah, it's like they, they cast the same person. I think it's Aye. always they always look for recasting, especially within film. 
it's DC that does it because Marvel, like with MCU and stuff like that, they have their full continuity. Uh, so they're usually really good at it unless they need to recast from contract. But DC are just like doing five different versions of Batman. We talked about John O'Mormons <laughs> playing them in the Titans TV show now. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, for fuck's sake. Like it's just they're doing different versions of Batman, different versions of uh, Nightwings and stuff like that. And I'm yet to get my Death in the Family film. So I'm fuming. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. <laughs> Which is yeah. the storyline where uh, Jason uh, Todd, the second Robin, dies. Well, I mean, when we kind of go with it. I mean, if you'll read between the lines. But we and... didn't get it. I want that movie. Look, I want the Edward movie, and I want my Death in the Family movie, and I want a Nightwing. And if I don't get any of them, I'm not going to be happy. Okay? If this isn't what Matt Reeves is doing, there is, like apparently the rumour is that he's going to follow the long Halloween story arc uh, for this oh, new yes. Batman movie, which I actually think is it's a good storyline. I probably would have preferred to do Hush. I think Hush is a bit more interesting. Uh, but I'm happy with any of them. I'm I've absolutely lost track of what you're talking about now. Like, Go and research <laughs> these storylines. There's Wikipedia of them, and, and you know what we're talking about. Long Halloween and Hush. Uh, two really good Batman storylines uh, to check out for those keeping track at home. We're going to uh, sign off there for this week. Uh, don't forget, uh, we've got a lot of other content in all of our networks. Yesterday, uh, Jordan Snedden over at Full Time Football did an interview with Jack Higgins' best pal, Cammy Bell. Cammy Bell. <laughs> uh, if you want to go and check that out on uh, their feeds on Spotify and iTunes. And also, uh, we have the new FTTV channel uh, with graphic designer Jack Higgins' amazing new logo, which I almost cummed in my pants today seeing it at work. I thought it looked amazing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, say there that I got a phone call uh, ringing there. Um, oh, I'd like to apologise to my friends, my family, my audience. Um, if we could uh, also say our goodbyes again, because I missed everything that was said there for the last I'm still going, mate, I'm still going still, on. Still like, still so anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, uh, so there'll be an interview up in that channel uh, on Sunday um, that I am conducting it in roughly 40 minutes. Uh, so uh, that'll, that'll be up there. Um, and also just check out our entire back catalogue. We will be back next week. Nicky will be rejoining us uh, for the Kill Bill episode, Kill Bill Part 1 and Part 2. We will be discussing it all here. Uh, so it's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from... It's... What? <laughs> I mean, a lot of choke, sorry. <laughs> 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 uh, what a better way to end it <laughs> and uh, I uh, uh, say goodbye from me can everyone please listen to Spider-Man review uh, and absolutely love it because it's a fantastic film uh, but you need yes. to watch it at least three times to understand the <laughs> behind it yeah. <laughs> okay. right, bye goodbye so, bye <laughs> bye <laughs>